This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. They are pretenders among us, people who have mastered their ability to hide their pain, failures, struggles, and inadequacies in life. People who have the ability to mask their imperfections through material wealth and careers. In the last 20 years, social media has exploded and incubated these pretenders to grow in number and attitude. But one day in 2016, one of these pretenders broke away. This is his story. Hi and welcome to the show. My name is Jay and this is the Pretender Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to listen to the latest episode of the Pretender Podcast on the AfriPods network right here in Africa. You can also listen to this podcast on iTunes, Teacher, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast network of your choice. Now, if you're listening to me for the first time, I'm a regular guy posting from Southern Africa and sharing my real life experience with other regular people. My life is not perfect and neither is yours. I am a believer and a Christian and that's what keeps me afloat. This doesn't shield me or give me any immunity from the challenges that life presents, but I have the greatest treasure in life, and that is hope in Jesus Christ. When all else fails, that alone is a source of great strength and is my solid ground to persevere through this life. What is your hope based on? In today's show, I talk to Tabo. She is the wife of my buddy Pete, who I happen to have had already on this show as a guest. If you missed that, check check out episode 9, 10, and 11. Tao and I talk through her journey of life. We talk about the challenges she has faced as a woman in an aviation career. She also talks to me about living in Western Australia, returning home to Africa, and the challenge that that presented and she also shares her experiences in starting a business and much more. Enjoy. All right. Um, today I have a special guest. Um, I'm in Solvezi in the Northwest, enjoying my holiday in over five years. First holiday. <laughs> and also I've had a great time um, being away from home, giving the wife some space. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I will cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so today I'm speaking to someone who's really uh, a special lady. Um, if you remember our, our 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 first guest on the podcast, Pete, I'm talking to his wife, so we can hear the other side of the coin. <laughs> but before we get right into it, let me give a brief intro about this wonderful lady here. Tavo has over 10 years of experience in the aviation industry. Um, she's married to a very lucky guy, very ordinary and boring friend of mine, <laughs> uh, with whom she has one child. Um, she's an entrepreneur and the proprietor of Red Velvet Cakes. She's a connector. If you don't know what that means, it's a connector is a person who is relationship focused in her approach, his or her approach in life. Whether it's to people and in business, uh, Tawa is really uh, incredibly gifted at this and she often gets opportunities no matter where she is with ease because she has street cred. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show and thanks for taking the time to join our little podcast here. Uh, I hope I didn't leave anything out. 
Thank you so much, Uncle Jay, and welcome to Solwezi. Thank you. So, I want to start this off with a funny story. So, mm. in 2016, when I had my surgery, yeah, <laughs> um, sh- it was shortly after we became friends with with your hubby. Yeah, you lent me a, a set of actually one crutch to yeah. use. Yeah. Uh, where are those scratches? <laughs> they actually at mom's in mm-hmm. Osaka. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were originally mine, but they're circulating <laughs> within, within the family. They're rotating. They're rotating, yeah. Yeah. So, did you know what I was up to with those scratches? No. Tell me. So, in the first four weeks, I couldn't walk. Yeah. And then after a couple of weeks, maybe six weeks into, I was allowed to walk. Yeah. But obviously, I had to use crutches yeah. and, uh, and a walking aid. Yeah. And so, whenever I had to drive to the mall, uh, yeah. which was fun because I couldn't drive for a long time. Yeah. I realized I could park at the disabled, disabled spot. <laughs> so I would, I would reach the mall. Every time I, I reach the mall, I would park at the disabled spot. The, the security people would be very helpful and, yeah. and I would step out with it, which was legit the first few times. But afterwards, I realized that that was the only parking spot that was available. So I continued using it four weeks after. Wow. <laughs> Well, at least they were very useful. Yeah. So, so where did you get those crutches and how did you come to have uh, crutches? You know, that's, that's it, something odd to have. Actually, I, I was involved in a, in an RTA. Okay. Yeah, in uh, 2010. Yeah. I was, um, going to Livingston with my young sister. Uh-huh. Yeah, we were going for shopping and the bus were on, um, overturned on yeah. the cave. And it actually landed on the side I was. So it was actually a miracle that I came out alive because I came out with a fractured uh, pelvis. I'm actually shocked that it, it, it's had very minimal impact on my health because mm-hmm. I wonder how I healed. Yeah. yeah, the doctors just said, well, to just take a miracle. And here I am, very fine. Wow. Still wear my stilettos every day. <laughs> And no effects. No, no fully effects. Recovered, okay. Fully recovered. Okay. Yeah. And did, did, were there any fatalities on the bus? No. Okay. I was one of the people that were seriously injured. Most. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, amazing. I you remember the Zambia Namibia accident in Livingston? 2010, I'm not very certain yeah. because 2010, I was, I was actually here. Oh, wow. I was actually here. Yeah, I was actually here as well. Yeah. And I just, uh, Took a trip with my sister for shopping, mm. and that happened. Yeah, it was shortly after dad's uh, dad's passing, so we oh. thought let's do something to just take yeah. us away from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, amazing that yeah. you're still here, and mm-hmm. we can get to hear that story today. Mm. So, one of the reasons I have you here yeah. on the pod, apart from the fact that I still need to get some cake once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, we'll always make cake for you. Yeah, but I'm I'm securing it. I support my life. That's good. Also, yeah. I don't want my listeners to hold on to every single word that uh, <laughs> Pete said as legit truth. So we're yeah. gonna balance it out. But uh, let's get mm-hmm. right into it. Yeah. Obviously, he is from um, Europe. Yeah. And you're from Zambia. But there's a little backstory to it, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically that you 
Zambian born, Zambian bred person, um, left Zambia and Africa and went, um, to Australia where you, you lived and studied. Um, that's where you met Pete and got married. Yeah. 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 Obviously you did your, uh, other marriage ceremony here, uh, for obvious reasons that this is Africa. (laughs) But (laughs) (laughs) tell me, how how is it that you ended up in Australia? Um, what your experience in that place was? Um, oh. What challenges you 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 faced there? But also, what really led to you going there? Um, yeah. um, I, I left for Australia in in January 2011, mm-hmm. and um, I left for mainly two reasons. Okay. The first one is um, uh, um, I joined the civil service. Uh, under the Department of Civil Aviation in 2006. <laughs> so I got deployed to Solwezi, and from 2006, there was zero uh, career progression. You know, there was no motivation whatsoever. And I, I literally felt stuck, and I, I, I didn't know where else I would, I would go with my career. So I just did a bit of research and actually realized that I could uh, pursue a degree in aviation management. Mm-hmm. So um, there were a few places that were offering, a uh, few countries that were offering that course. Um, but I spoke to a few people and I think Australia beat them all. The fact that I could actually work and support my myself and pay for my tuition fees. So I did apply, mm-hmm. got accepted. Um and yeah, so the second reason why I left was I was extremely depressed after my father's uh, ailing for a very long time. And then finally he, he went to be with the Lord. So I just couldn't deal with life anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't deal with life anymore and, and other um, quite some sensitive things that were going on in my life. So I felt I think I need change of place just for me to to refocus and see what life has to hold for me. Right. Yes. Yeah, so when I left for Australia, it was extremely hard because um, <laughs> I left with, uh, I think it was $300. Mm-hmm. And $300 then here in Zambia, it was a lot of money. So I thought yeah. I'd go shopping and, you know. But yeah, when I got there, it was very different. I realized that uh, the money I carried was not enough and I had to live with the... Uh, with a lady from Zimbabwe who later became a very good friend of mine, Mary. Yeah. So lived with her for a while, got a job, you know, uh, got into school. Um, my experience was, it's extremely different from what we used to in Africa. Mm-hmm. There you, nothing comes on a silver plate. You, you gotta work. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you had to work. For everything, you know, yeah. I now understood why um, they say time is money. Mm. They time is money. Yeah. yeah. So the cultural differences were not so much of a shock, maybe because of my career background, I was exposed to a few things. So um, maybe it was just the the differences in language and mm-hmm. yeah, uh, food was also a problem for a while until I got used to it. You know. You get stuff with McDonald's and KFC and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Eating healthy is extremely expensive, while well, it's different over here. Okay. Yeah. So um, the most challenging uh, part of my stay in Australia was just balancing between work 
school and just my social life it was almost an existence okay yeah because you you do you'd work from work you go to school or from school you go to work yeah. the only time you have is to rest yeah, yeah. so yeah I'm curious uh, did you have any expectations before you went to Australia uh, like the things that you expected to find to see or like how obviously one one of the ones you've mentioned is you had three hundred dollars you thought it would be enough yeah but yeah are there other expectations that you had and uh, getting there you're like okay this is not what I thought I would have or some expectations that were exceeded mm mm-hmm. You know, when, when, when you're on the other side of the world, you think things are easier. Yeah. You know, like you, you, you see people post on Facebook, you know, they're driving, they have the fine clothes and you think, oh, they'll just easily come. So when I got there, I realized that it's not actually as beautiful as it looks, mm-hmm. you know, so I realized that to actually have those things, you need to work hard, yeah. you know, and, uh, um, your work will also affect your academic results because mm. you, you you need to have enough time to study, concentrate on your studies, and uh, um, uh, achieve. You know, graduate. That was the main goal. So, um, thinking back on that, <coughs> you you went to Australia with two reasons. One of yeah. which it was you wanted a change of scenery, mm-hmm. considering what you had been through. Yeah. Your, just lost your dad yeah and you are in an accident as part of a recovery process and yeah. it doesn't go well um when you get there do you do you get that uh sort of change that you're looking for do you get the kind of peace or do you get mm. the kind of refocus at for a while or did was it hard at first or what was your mindset like at that time? Um, I think that the, the well, I, I wasn't in any relationship, mm-hmm. so I, I didn't have any strings attached. Right. Yeah. Uh, but my the, the thing that kept me worrying all the time mm-hmm. was leaving my mom behind and my family because we're all recovering from yeah. what the family had experienced. Um, but thank God to technology, you know, mm-hmm. we would manage to do video calls and all that so that really kept me going and yeah. uh i really refocused a lot cuz i had to look at what's the most important thing mm. that will actually change my life forever what yeah. do i need to do you know uh, um i had to draw a line between um doing the right thing yeah and going back to do my wrong so whatever i thought did not work right. i completely said i'm not going to go through this anymore and just set out new goals and I think I did pretty well. Uh, yeah, good. I'm actually happy that I did pretty well. Yeah. Mm. It became easier later when my sister joined me, I think 12 months later. Yeah. Yeah, my, my young sister came and mom came for about, I think it was about a fortnight. Yeah. Yeah, she stayed with us for a fortnight. It was, it was really good. And I met very lovely people, you know. I met friends. Um, um, I had a very loving church. You know, so I literally had people to support me and um, help me with getting around and just getting settled and everything. So it went pretty easier than I thought it would go. It wasn't bad at all. Yeah. And obviously, if I got to ask this, Mm. 
considering there was some sense of um, exceeding expectation in terms of mm. what you you thought it would be like, maybe you expected it to be hard. It was, obviously there were a few challenges, but it wasn't that hard. What did you, I know you didn't leave um, a very emotionally um, uplifted environment with the, all that you had gone through with your family, but what did you like the most and what did you hate the most uh, being in Australia? Um, wow, what did I like the most? I liked the money. <laughs> <laughs> money is good everywhere. Well, huh? <laughs> I, well you, you actually get rewarded handsomely for your hard work. Like fairly. Yeah, com- fairly, com- yeah. So, um, I like that. Uh, well, I love the assistance. You, yeah. you, you, you're given um, opportunities that you you can hardly access here. You know, I I could work despite me being a student. I could work. Yeah. Don't ask me what job I did. <laughs> no, I, I respect. I, no, yeah. So I I worked. Uh, my first job was uh, working for with the elderly. Yeah. So I worked in nursing homes, which was extremely emotionally difficult because you, you 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 did things that are not culturally right coming from Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, we, 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 of course we respect elders, but you, you cannot access their privacy the way we would. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really deep, but you get used to it. You realize, yeah. Hey, they, they need my help. So yeah. yeah, but it got to build me cause you actually, uh, work with, um, with, uh, uh, elderly people with different, uh, different needs. Mm-hmm. So it really exposed me a lot and made me appreciate life even more. So yeah. I think it really changed my mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Towards. Uh, and what I like about what you're saying is uh, when you think about work. Yeah. In any setting. Yeah. You know, uh, that building you're referring to is professionalism. Yeah. It doesn't matter what work you do. It doesn't matter what sphere of, um, industry you're in, but the professionalism to, to just do what you're supposed to do at the very best of yeah. your ability. And that sometimes requires you to put away bias, to put away previous experience, to yeah. put away uh, some of the cultural influences yeah. that would have and uh, different backgrounds. Yeah, I, I think for me, uh, what really stood out the most was um, you got to work to provide for yourself. Right. So right. I, I reached a point where I didn't care well, I did care what kind of job I did. I didn't want to get into the wrong uh, activities, but I I literally worked for uh, cleaning companies that would clean malls, you know, clean toilets. Yeah. You know, I, I would literally clean uh, um, shops, you know, big retail shops, uh, would pack stuff, you know. From there, you, you take a shower in, in the mall, you go to school, you know, when you're done, of course we had, um, our restrictions, but during holidays we would work as many hours as you could. Yeah. And that took away, um, ability to actually enjoy the place because you literally stuck from one shift to another, yeah. one shift to another, as long as you have the ability to, to actually get on the floor and, and not pass out. Yeah. Yeah. So I started drinking Red Bull for the first time. <laughs> Keep your energy. Yeah, up. just to keep the energy and just focus. But it, it just taught me something that my parents always taught me. You, you just gotta push in life until you get what you gotta get. Yeah. So it, it was difficult to, um, 
to work for that many hours, but I see it paying off now here because I, I, I think I've become a workaholic. I just yeah. work. I, I work. I work. And I love it. I love it. I guess that's why they say rest in peace when you die because yeah. you really got to rest. So, <laughs> I, yeah. I like your quote there. You, you got to push in life until you get what you got to get. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So, this is the kind of mushy stuff people like. Yeah. And I wasn't going to leave it out. Oh, okay. I want you to tell me how you and <laughs> me. Yeah. That's, yeah, I want to okay, hear should, that. Should, should I really be very specific or? I need you to. Okay. Never heard it from Actually. It, oh, wow. It will be my first I... time and my listeners will love it. <laughs> okay. So, um, a friend of mine, uh, Simon, Hamoya, when, when I was, um, um, chatting with him on, on WhatsApp, he says, Oh, you've moved to Perth. And I said, Yeah, I'm in Perth. He says, Oh, you know, you could actually meet people that I knew in Perth on an app called Badu. Badu. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, Oh, okay. And I was very skeptical. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was in 2012. Almost a year, and my sister was around. So I said, "I called a tea. Please, please come and help me how to set up this thing. You know, we could actually meet people that are coming to Perth for the first time. We could meet Zambians, we could meet Zimbabweans, just people from all over the world, and see what's going on. Because mm-hmm. people are extremely busy there. Right. So if you hear, oh, there's a party next door. Who's around? Come over. You yeah. go. You know. So I was like, oh, okay. So uh, she helped me set it up and put my profile picture there, where I'm from, how old, blah blah blah. Yeah. And I got a message from Pete. You like what you saw. When I checked out this profile, it was this chubby chubby. I'm like, what's wrong with this guy? What does he want? But anyway, we got to talk. Okay. We, we chatted for, it was about nine, nine plus weeks before we actually met in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we just started chatting. Where are you from? Stuff like that. Yeah. So it was nothing. Yeah, finally when we met... It always starts from nothing, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't love at first sight. So yeah. we just became very good friends. Yeah, so from chatting on Badu, we exchanged numbers. We started talking for hours on the phone. Mm, you liked what you heard. He liked yeah. what you saw. <laughs> we we yeah. spoke for yeah. hours on the phone. And finally, he he asked me to meet him. And he actually made me miss church that day. It was a Wednesday, yeah. and I was supposed to go for my midweek service. I said, oh, okay, I'll meet you. Anybody would miss change yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I met him, and something silly really happened. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I met him, mm-hmm. and um, I was driving this old, old Subaru car, mm-hmm. and uh, the window couldn't open because what held the window was a screwdriver. Okay. Yeah. And he was trying to open it, and he couldn't. And he keeps making fun of me. And I was like, dude, I drive. At least I have a car and you have nothing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we, yeah, we met and we, I think we became very close friends. And, um, he, he left a few months later. He left for, um, Slovakia to go visit his parents. Mm-hmm. And while he was there, he just said, you know what? I think let's just give it a try. We see how we go. Yeah. So that was like about five months after talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we gave it a try. Then seven months later, we engaged. The ninth month, we married. Yeah, <laughs> that's just lovely. 
Amazing. Mm. Uh, he has never told me that story. You know, we met on battle. We, 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 Africans are very skeptical when they hear that you, you met online. I have to see him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it worked. We've been yeah. together nine years now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's an amazing story. Yeah. So, uh, what did you learn, um, from being in Australia? Uh, as we kind of transition from from this mm-hmm. um, your your journey in, in Australia to mm-hmm. something deeper, um, what did you learn in your time being in Australia that you brought back to Africa apart from him, that guy, <laughs> <laughs> apart from importing that guy to Africa? I think what, I got what, Don't what be funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Um, what did you learn that you brought back here and what do you, at least uh, coming back to Zambia mm-hmm. and now something that you'd say you miss uh, being away? Yeah, um, I think I, I, I learned quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I think those that uh, knew me before could attest that when when I came back, I was, I shouldn't say a different person, but I was a better person then I left. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of achievements, really. Uh, my biggest achievement is mindset. Right. You see? So my mindset really, really changed. I, I started, um, I think I started getting more aware of opportunities, you know, cause I, I, I realized that we, we can do so much more, but we, we, we are limited by maybe culture, environment, um, maybe people's perception and little little things that we 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 would pay um, waste our time on. You okay. see, so I think that really changed the way I look at life and has contributed to my achievements so far. Yeah, you know, I also um, um, I think I learned to even work harder. Okay. Yeah, I, I've always been very hardworking, but. It, it made me work harder because while I was in Australia, I, I realized that, okay, fine, I'm going to go back home with a degree, but will it work? What if it doesn't work? Mm-hmm. What will I do? So I, I just worked on a, a talent that has been there for a very long, long time. Yeah. So um, when I'd be on holidays, I would actually go for, for short um, cake decorating courses. Like I could already make amazing cakes, but my decoration was obviously quite limited. So I invested in that mm-hmm. and it's, it's paid off handsomely over a period of time. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. So, so um, I came back with that as well. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So you go to Australia in 2011. Yeah. You return 2015. 2015 September. Yeah, 2015. Um, <coughs> And I really want us to get uh, to deep dive here because this is where um, most of this podcast is going to focus on. So mm-hmm. you returned to Africa mm-hmm. and for you, it was coming back home. Yeah. For him, it was obviously he had been here a, a couple of times In, before. Once. once. I think once, yeah. Yeah. So... Even though you had been away from home, for you it was coming back home. Can you just um, share a little more for me what was that was like? 
let's go mm-hmm. home. Uh, let's go back home. Okay. So I'll be extremely honest. I didn't want to come back okay. for a lot of reasons. Right. You know, I, I felt uh, that life was was totally different here. You know, I, I looked at the material part of life. Mm-hmm. Um, the emotional support is extremely strong here in Zambia. And I liked it that side. So, we, well, when we came in 2013, we came for um, his introduction to the family. We had already gotten married. Right. So when I brought him to introduce him to the family, we, we, we took short holidays, you know, a uh, couple of sightseeing, and he loved it. He loved it. Well, I was wondering what was really nice about Zambia. I didn't understand then. Yes, so he he really loved it and he said, you know what, this this place has so much potential. We could do so much here. In my head, I was like, what the heck is wrong with this guy? (laughs) You know, I I ran away from this place because I thought I'd be happier that side. But anyway, we, when we started um, talking about extending our family and I was concluding my studies and um, a lot of other things that were family-oriented, I think it just pointed to one direction that we had to relocate. Uh, I know people might not understand. A lot of people up to now say I was stupid to leave. I left before I could get um, my citizenship. You know, um, you, you, I left uh, a good paying job. He, he, Pete actually had a, a very good paying job, but he literally had to resign because we, we became pregnant and we started focusing on on raising our child. So we we had to weigh um, the options there compared to here and all that. And for me, I was very skeptical about coming back because I didn't know what my career would be like. Um, there were a lot of uh, issues surrounding my, my study leave and all that, just a, a lot of, um, you know, drama that happens in public offices. So when we returned in 2015, I literally didn't work for the next two years because I couldn't be reinstated. So that, 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 um, that really changed our plans a lot. It altered what we had planned to do because we, we had to start using our savings to survive. You know, um, the economy had extremely changed. Yeah. You know, the cost of living had gone up in 2015 compared to 2013 when we did our study and, you know, um, decided to, to come back home once I'm done with my studies. So, um, the first few years of our return were not very nice. You know, it, mm. it, it was very depressing. It was very stressful. Um, just raising a child, you know, you, you require a lot of resources. Yeah. You know, you need the support system and all that. So um, our return was not as smooth as we thought would be. Yeah. 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 But we we stayed strong and we managed. We're here now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <coughs> I, Excuse me. I think... Um, I met you when you guys were just settling in. I yeah. think, in fact, that's when you had actually moved into your first house yeah. here. And um, mm. 
there's still a transition. Obviously, we didn't know each other. We were just yeah. getting to know each other with it. But um, I think from then on, I've, I've been part of, yeah. of your journey. And um, I think from then, when you, this 2016 yeah. to now, I think I've, I've seen the struggle and the challenges, yeah. but in a way, I've seen the progress. Um, but more importantly, I think the, <coughs> the beauty of it has just been seeing how you've been able to raise that wonderful boy. Yeah. And I think even in the most difficult of times, I believe he was a, a beacon of hope. Yeah. You know? So I would like to piggyback on one part. Um, when you talked about... Um, the challenges you had um, into your career in terms of why why you also concerned about coming back. Um, there was a part of it relating to um, your career related to would would it work with your new degree? Would, yeah. would your leave issues be sorted out and whatnot? I would like to piggyback on um, uh, some of the challenges that you had, obviously you were working before. Yeah. Related to your career specifically. And I'm going to come back to our main mm-hmm. point of this, but I really want to bring a focus on that because mm-hmm. there, it was a factor before you left. Yeah. And clearly a factor before you returned. Can you speak mm-hmm. more about uh, the challenges specifically for you and maybe others? Yeah. In, in that civil service uh, career? Um, well, when I left, I actually applied for leave, for study leave, which was um, a legal thing to do. I mean, it's, it, it was a right. So I did apply for uh, study leave, um, but the process apparently takes too long. So I only had, uh, from the time that I actually got my um, acceptance letter into Australia and uh, my visa, I only had two weeks. Mm-hmm. two weeks to to report for school. So um, time was a factor. So when I approached my superiors, then they advised that they would approve my study leave in absentia. So they actually allowed me to go on, uh, to proceed on my study leave, provided I, I, I leave the, the right documentation. So uh, I did do that, but somehow... My file disappeared. So six months down the line, inquired about my leave. Nothing concrete was coming up. So I had to engage my mom to assist with um, sorting out this issue. So I had to resubmit yeah. my leave application. That um, paperwork takes quite long here, as you know. Yeah. yeah. So it took quite a while. So when I got married in 2013 and came back with... Uh, came with my husband to Zambia, I did follow up on my leave application and there was just a lot of drama surrounding it. So I was actually advised to to proceed on unpaid leave so as to pave way for the paid study leave approval. So I did that and went back to complete my studies. But when I came back, there was literally almost no evidence of, no trail of all that paperwork on my file. It it was extremely unfortunate and unfair. 
So to just that the whole process was just very depressing. I, I, I felt like I was not Zambian. Yeah. I was treated like I was not Zambian. So um, I actually started questioning my return home. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't feel at home, didn't feel welcomed, you know. Um, people that uh, should have been supportive would literally just shut their doors. Reasons best known to themselves. Yeah. yeah, I I think we 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 have a very bad culture that does not um, appreciate or celebrate one's achievements, yeah. which is extremely sad. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the reason I'm bringing this this thing into focus um, are three. Mm-hmm. Number one, this is something that uh, is not just about the normal bureaucracy. Yeah, there is bureaucracy. Means, no yeah. bureaucracy is good. In all honesty. Mm-hmm. But this was beyond bureaucracy. And the second reason I'm bringing this up is because there has been, and I will not say there was, there has been a real victimization. Yeah. And it's real and it's true mm-hmm. and it affects people's lives. Yeah. It has affected your life only because you went and did something that would take you forward. In in in, in actual essence, when perceived through the right lens, mm. it moves the country forward. Yeah. But what I really want us to bring out is the fact that this is the sort of thing that happens. It's real. And it happens to people. And it happened to you. And um, um, it has happened to my wife. Yeah. I know it very well. Um, and it would be a disservice to anybody listening to this podcast or listening or to myself to not bring real issues out. And I know how it has affected your family and it's, it's a hard thing for you to talk about. Yeah. But I think we need to bring it out. You have been victimized and only because you're progressing. You yeah. you went after progress. You yeah. went after something that would build you. And ultimately, when when we look at it, it builds a nation. Yeah. And so, um, I I just wanted to clear that out. Like we yeah. need to put this in. We're not targeting anybody here. We're sharing an experience that affected you. That's affecting many many people. Files missing should yeah. not be an acceptable thing. You, you know, it's 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 an experience that I would never wish even on my worst enemy because yeah. it it actually affected my home a lot. Because I I I I would be home and not be present. I'd be wondering what's going on. You ask questions. Am I a bad person? You know, did 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 I make a mistake? Um, am I unlikable? Like, what is going on? Because, um, like you said. It, my achievements are not mine alone. You know, I, I, I am a Zambian citizen. I am Zambian. And my achievements should actually benefit other people, even generations to come, you know. So um, I felt, I still feel strongly that uh, I think people that do this should actually be brought to book because it, it should be actually, it should be made criminal, yeah. you know. And what hurt the most is I did this in my own capacity. I achieved this education in my own capacity. You know what I mean? Um, well, going by the books, but now that they approved all my leave, um, my leave in, in retrospect, I'm supposed to be reimbursed for my, yeah. my studies, you see? 
But anyway, you, you just pray to God that a miracle happens and at least I'm appreciated for, for what I've done. And look at it. Here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm working and sharing my knowledge, the knowledge that I achieved, the knowledge that I gained. I'm, I'm sharing it with, with the nation. Yeah. yeah. I said I would have three reasons. The third reason, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say it if you're not going to say it, <laughs> was because it, I do understand this kind of victimization does yeah. apply to men. But the oh. third reason is that you're a progressive woman and you're a woman. Yeah. And just that, I'm not going to yeah. qualify that. Yeah. So part of that victimization is because of that. Yeah. Um, I, I think we, we have a culture of actually fighting hard work. Yeah. We don't support it. Yeah. You, you, you find ways of, um, because you, you can't do what the other person is doing. Instead of you learning from them, mm. you literally try to pull them down. So then, then, what do you achieve from doing that? Yeah. You know? And like you said, victimized as a woman, it's actually so disgusting because it goes beyond just the emotional victimization. You know, yeah. you'd have people just telling you nonsense. If you do this for me, mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to sort yeah. out your paperwork. And, yeah. and, and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I didn't do it to, to achieve what I've achieved. So I'm not going to do it. Exactly. If it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, well, it was right. meant to be. I'll do something else. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. 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 Um, it, it is heavy stuff, though, but yeah. we, we had to get there. Yeah, I know. I know. But we're not done with the heavy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? So when you, your husband and I discuss you and my wife. Yeah. Because we do. Oh, okay. We... We, we refer to you as victims. Yeah. Here's why. In case uh, mm-hmm. somebody is rushing to uh, whistleblow our <laughs> phone call to, yeah. to accuse us of anything. Because I think, uh, one, when you, you're telling me about coming back to Africa, mm-hmm. you didn't want to really come back. Obviously, because you know they said some of the yeah. things that we're just talking about yeah. are part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, your husband has seen the beauty in this place and he wants to come. Yeah. And it, it's not like you don't completely want to come back. Yeah. You do. The part of you does. Yeah. The part of you doesn't. It's home. You, yes, it's home and yeah. there's things that you're seeing. And that's the first time you're like, okay, I'm, I'm still going to go with him. And yeah. He's a, he's seeing something. I'm going to yeah. follow his lead, and which is what we mm-hmm. do as spouses. Mm-hmm. So, uh, going back to my victims analogy, why mm-hmm. we refer you to victims is like, mm-hmm. w- w- and I'm going to include myself in here because this is a, a, a team of four yeah. people here. <laughs> because when we met each of you and when we plan to spend the rest of our lives together. Yeah, yeah. I know uh, where you get so, it. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you and Pete meet and you're like, okay, this is how we're going to spend our lives and, you, mm-hmm. you sold a life yeah. as well. He yeah. sold one too, yeah. right? Yeah, he did. And, um, and this, there's good that has happened yeah. throughout all these challenges yeah. you've gone through. Yeah. There's a lot of good that has come yeah. out of it. Uh, but this isn't the, the life that was sold to you. No. Do you agree with that? Yes, I do. 100%. Okay. Um, okay. 
Do, should I answer yeah, to you that? Yeah, you could. You could. You oh, could okay. So, um, I met my husband when he he was very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, I didn't even need to ask for anything. <laughs> I would go yeah. for holidays. Mm-hmm. You know, go for holidays, live in luxurious hotels, go shopping endlessly. Well, it's not about the material things, but you know, we we did need to stress about right. finances. Yeah. You know, life was pretty easy. You know, and you know, when life is easy, you enjoy your marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we we had a lot of plans um, returning back home, mm-hmm. and we 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 actually planned, and we 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 saved for for the return. But you see, life can be uncertain sometimes. Yeah. You know, there's the wind blows from any direction unexpectedly. But I think I've I've been taught to embrace life. Dad always say, take each day as it comes. Because yeah. if you're not going to do that, you're going to be an extremely miserable person. So um, it was hard. But I think I've been strong. You know, you, you you literally just walk with your head high and say, okay, yeah, we'll get through it. We'll yeah. get through it. And, um, well, he actually told me that once our son is born, he's going to be a stay-home daddy. So... Uh, I was excited at first. Oh, you know, it sounds been, nice, yeah. yeah. It sounds fancy. <laughs> Until you're telling it to somebody like, what? Yeah. Stays you know, at so home. They focus on the stay exactly. at home. The daddy part you is know, not, I, yeah. I'm going to stay home. <laughs> and honestly, it did worry me because with our plans, we, we were going to be okay. We're not going to need a second income. Yeah. We're going to live on, on what our businesses would produce. Yeah, but we came here and things started changing slowly, slowly. And well, the effects have been crazy. Yeah. yeah but um, I think when you know your partner, I've, I've known him to be extremely hardworking. You know, you you know your partner. You 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 believe in his dreams. You know, you talk about things. You you work together. You know, there's times when you really get pissed off, but you realize, hey, I'm stuck with this person. So. <laughs> Well, fighting won't help. All I gotta do is just understand, just be very patient, extremely patient. And, uh, you know what? When your partner, where your partner is weak, you have to be strong. So I think I've, I've, I just told myself, hey, I, I gotta do whatever I can to, to just, um, keep us comfortable. For as long as we can, and yeah, I think we've we've done pretty well. We've done pretty well, and well, the environment and the the community, family, they wouldn't understand. You know, we yeah. we we have a perception of when you marry a Caucasian. Yeah. You know, you guys just have dollars lying around in the house. Mm. You, you don't lack nothing. You don't need any help. Mm. Yeah. So you know, even when you crying out for help, we just think you're mocking them, yeah. what's wrong yeah. with you, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's actually taught me to just uh, do what I can for the moment. Yeah. yeah. And the, the reason I say, the other reason I say that uh, mm-hmm. why both of us uh, refer to you as um, victims, victims uh, because <laughs> 
him and I are similar in, I know. in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, we're not completely the same, but yeah. we, have, we have areas where we differ. But we're the sort of people who are adamant to stay the course. We just... You just don't walk away from something. It it takes a while to really. Should I okay. stay stubborn? Yeah, <laughs> you can say that you have. This is why I brought you on. You can yeah. say what we don't tell ourselves. Yeah, so um, we're quite stubborn. Yeah, in a way we are, and um, to just go back or change course um, while we are open to yeah. it is not. Uh, it's not easy. It's not that easy for yeah. us. We struggle with that. Um, and so you as a spouse, that is very taxing on you. Yeah. It's, it takes a lot because it's you, you, you see how yeah. it's draining. <laughs> that, that's how you would, you would talk about it with your yeah, girlfriends. It's draining. Sarah, I wouldn't Sarah, use, you know what? I'm no, done. <laughs> I wouldn't use the specific words as draining. No. No, but but yeah, it's taxing. When you're in my shoes, <laughs> you would. <laughs> okay, yeah. I agree. I have to agree. So it's taxing because mm. you also you also get to see this person in their most vulnerable state. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And while you, uh, in inverted commas, are the victim, you still get to be the one to support. Yeah. To lift this person up. Mm-hmm. Um, even when things are not working out, you still provide the support. Well, you're yeah. also struggling. Yeah. And, um, and not, you're treading carefully in that support and encouragement not to just ask them directly to change course and all that sort of thing. Um, tell me how that, that has affected you that, this far. First and foremost, uh, well, I'll speak for me. Yeah. I think I'm extremely tolerant. Clearly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> extremely tolerant and up. maybe as my name goes, Tabo. Tabo means joy, by the way. So, maybe because I'm caught by that every time, I literally laugh through problems. I laugh through struggles. I I laugh through um, challenges. And I think that that has really helped me handle a lot of situations because I tell myself, listen, this it will pass, you know, it's, it's just today you never know what tomorrow brings, you know, you know, tomorrow is going to be different and beautiful and bright. So, um, I think I'm just that sort of a person. It, it takes a lot in me to reach a breaking point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do break, but to reach that level where you just say, you know what? It's, it's too much. Maybe, maybe it's just the way I've been raised. Okay. Things I've been made to believe, you know, things that my, my beliefs actually require me to be, you know, patient, kind, gentle. You have to be faithful. You have to exercise a lot of self-control and all those things. So, um, I think that has really, really character. My, maybe it's just my character. Yeah. You know, it's just my character. Yeah. 
So for the sake of our listeners, I'm going to make this clear um, that while you are a supportive wife and a strong pillar in in his life, uh, in fact, uh, <laughs> he's not nearby, right? Yeah. He yeah. Be the one he, by the time things. he hears this podcast, I'll be back in Lusaka. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? He'll probably punch me for telling exactly, you this. Exactly. Yeah. He has said to me many, many times. Um, and I, I have got evidence to back it up mm-hmm. that he would never find a better wife than you anywhere oh. in the world. Especially, okay. Yeah. You would never, hundred percent. Wow. Many, many times. Well, you should have told me this at the end because I think it's going to change. <laughs> it's going to change how I feel about certain questions you might ask me. But anyway, <laughs> just kidding. I will leave that to be sorted in this house. I'm in Lusaka. So, um, it's not that he's an abusive husband no it's not like we're talking about he takes advantage we're just talking about how you you said something earlier Mm -hmm. about you have to when you know somebody you believe in his dream yeah there's a dream yeah this guy has a dream not that you don't have a dream you've got You've got a bigger dream than his. Yeah, I have to support my yeah. cake supply here. So, know, right? <laughs> yeah. so he he has told me that many times, and 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 as recently as as when I'm I've been here, yeah. we, we talk about it, and he he reminds me of that. Um, that's how much he, he values you. Mm-hmm. That's how much he values your support. Yeah, he's 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 an extremely loving loving person. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a softy. That's sometimes, why he, you know, he, he tries to come out strong, <laughs> but I know he's, I mean, he's, he's at his own share of life. Yeah. And I've come to understand his struggles. I've come to accept them. Otherwise, I wouldn't be with him. Yeah. Um, well, I, I have my flaws too. I'm yeah. not perfect. Uh, but I think it's just the ability to, to just understand your partner. Yeah. You know, you, 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 you gotta be a listening partner. You, you gotta know. You know, when the occasion calls, if if he needs space, give him the space, yeah. you know. If if he needs to cry, baby, come, it's okay, yeah. you know what I mean? So, it's, it's not as easy as it might sound, but for me, it's something that's actually driven by love, yeah. you know. I've, I love him so much, and... Yeah. Uh, uh, I might borrow his words. Um, I don't think if I was asked to pick again, I'd pick somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. So, so on that bombshell, let's kick this guy out of our podcast. He's had like three times <laughs> to know, get on right? my podcast. Let's get yeah. back to you. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So amidst all this, how have you managed to cope? Um, how have you, obviously you mentioned your 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 character yeah um how have you found your footing <laughs> to be comfortable with where you are in life and uh through all, all these challenges to where you are yeah um i don't think i'm where i want to be mm. um that's in terms of my career and my business okay. you know i i i think i'm quite ambitious I'm quite ambitious, though sometimes I feel um, maybe my my work environment is not supportive in that area. Yeah, you know, uh, maybe I don't know. Opportunities are not actually available at the moment. 
so um I think I'm working on it and I'm very hopeful. I'm very hopeful that I will get to where I want to be. Yeah. Um, I'm very passionate about aviation, by the way. I'm extremely passionate. Mm. And I think it's supported by my um, ability to be able to work with people. Yeah. I love to work with people. I love to get things done. Mm. You know, um, um, I just love to connect. Mm. And you see, aviation is transports about connectivity. Yeah. So when I actually attend meetings and I meet new people, I think I just... I easily connect and I, I get to learn a lot, yeah. you know, from, from whoever I'm interacting with. Um, with my business, um, I love doing what I do. I think it's my comfort zone. It, it's, it's very, uh, therapeutic for me. Mm. Um, I could literally bake for days. Yeah. I've baked for days with no sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I love challenges. I love to do what I do. And I think I just love making other people happy. Yeah. yeah. You can't give what you don't have. I'm an extremely happy person. Yeah. So I'd like to share that happiness through cakes and uh, other things as well. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's kept me going. It's kept me very happy. It's, it's, it's given me extra income yeah. that is not easy to get. Yeah. yeah. So before I transition into some uh, something else, yeah. I wanted to ask you this because I'm curious. I did ask my wife about okay. um, this. <laughs> throughout um, the time that you came back to mm-hmm. Africa, throughout all this time, the question that Sarah's got mm-hmm. about me, and this is what I want you to to talk more into is, when somebody asks you because they see your husband at home, mm-hmm. mostly, or, or sometimes they don't know your husband or they've seen you with your husband, but they ask you the question, what does your husband do? How did you respond to that question earlier and how do you approach it six years later? Okay, so I've always said he's a stay-home daddy. Mm. So they say, stay-home daddy, what does he do? Well, he stays home and looks after our child, our son. And he helps me, you know, mm. when I'm busy, he chips in and helps me. So, um, well, in our culture, this is extremely difficult to explain because they look at him as a lazy person. <laughs> he's a lazy bum, you know, he's waiting for, yeah. for his wife to do everything. But look, I think there's one thing that I've learned from my husband who simply say, I don't care. Mm. And I've, I've developed that thick skin. I really don't care. Mm. At the end of the days, we, we, we happy. You know, the, the, nobody needs to come and live our life. Yeah. You know, so we, we do what we gotta do as long as we're happy. That's all that matters. Yeah. Your son is extremely happy. You know, kids are raised in environments where mostly the, the fathers are not present. Yeah. And for me, I've, I've seen my son grow into this fine young man because he's, he's got his father. To, to, you know, to take him to school, mm. wait for the school bus with him, pick him up, do homework with him, go for sports, go shopping with him. You know, I equally share a lot, uh, spend a lot of time with him. But um, there's one thing that my former boss actually told me when when he, he asked what my husband does. And I told him was a stay-home daddy. And uh, he said, you know what? Your son is a very lucky boy. Some of us don't have time to spend with our children. Mm. 
And for me, that actually gave me an extra 30, 40% boost to reach 150 yeah. to say, you know what, it's, there's actually nothing wrong. You know, there's absolutely, it's, it's actually a, a, a very rare opportunity that our kids get to enjoy, yeah. you know. Soon they'll, 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 they'll grow out of us and they won't need us anymore. But what memories will they have? Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. By the way, um, in also answering that question, there is the fact that actually he does a lot more. Yeah. He's not just sitting at home. No. But. Yeah. You don't owe Priority, anybody no, an explanation. You don't owe anybody an explanation. Yeah, yeah. You know, and most people do not ask yeah. because they care or there's something. And honestly, they, they don't need to know. They don't it's need none to know. of their business. So, all the dynamics and yeah, not yeah, how you, yeah. you decide that. So, yeah. and I, I ask that because it, it, obviously early on it was a challenge <laughs> because it makes you think twice, I think. Yeah. Because I, I could see it in my yeah. wife. It yeah. Was the, a big deal for her. She struggled with it. She couldn't I did struggle it. as well. Uh, I, yeah. I, Uncle Jay, I did struggle as well because, you know, sometimes you 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 get accustomed to what's happening around you mm-hmm. and you think it's it's the right way. Yeah. You're not doing things right, you know. So there's times when I struggle with it. Uh, say, oh, why can't he get a job? And why can't he do this? Why can't he do that? But... I think he does much more than what other people who actually form employment do. So for me, that's the most important thing. Yeah. The fact that he's there to be with his son is extremely important. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So moving on into something, when 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 I when I told you we were gonna talk about this, you yeah. you laughed. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You laughed. Um, and it's mental health. Yeah. Okay. And uh, let me uh, take take <laughs> us back a, a, a bit. Throughout what you've been telling me, mm. I could see you mentioned uh, the depression. Yeah. After your your dad passed on. Yeah. And you needed a change of scenery. Yeah. You talked about. Um, adapting back to Africa in Zambia mm. when you moved back to Zambia. Mm. And you talked about mindset, mm-hmm. which is the greatest thing that you got yeah. from. Yeah. And all these things have to do with your mind, your, mind, your yeah. setting your mind. One of the most difficult things to deal with, um, and I'll trade carefully mm-hmm. as I mm-hmm. talk about this, is mental health. Okay. Because from our, you and I are both African, yeah. born and bred. Um, from an African perspective, and we also share <laughs> the same faith from a Christian yeah, perspective. Yeah. <laughs> mental health is not uh, welcome in those yeah. circles, you know, because I, I always, uh, regardless of how much I love reading, and yeah, I, yeah. I always thought, uh, because that's what my culture taught me, when yeah. anything to do with the mind, it's mental health, yeah. it's mental illness, yeah, yeah. you know, and we're talking about mental illness where somebody has just lost the plot, You've they need, the, yeah. they, they, they're going in the bush <laughs> or walk on the road, drinking, yeah. not eating, but that's 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 the yeah. thing we associated with mental yeah. health. That's a part of it, there's a mental yeah. illness, that's yeah. different factors and whatnot, but the mental health we're talking about is really struggling mm-hmm. um, with a lot of things, mm-hmm. and it, it has many aspects. I personally have struggled with it. 
Mm-hmm. With mental health, yeah. I struggle yeah. with it. I think I've, I'm, I'm proud to speak about it because mm-hmm. I've struggled with confidence after going through many challenges. I've struggled yeah. with just getting the mindset of wanting to give up and all that. Yeah. And I know that my body yeah. struggles with it. Uh, yeah. Your husband struggles yeah. with mental health. Yeah. Um, so as the most important person in his life, the person that he could do no better about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you have been affected. And, <coughs> um, been able to mm. see these struggles mm-hmm. uh, firsthand. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me first what your view about it is? And I really want to hear this from you. It, it doesn't have to to agree with, yeah. with yeah. what we perceive, but just your overall, like from your perspective, yeah. is it something that you you haven't seen? Is it something that you struggle to understand and all that sort of thing? How before you talk a little more about how it has affected you, what's your view of it, and have you? Is it something that you've grasped? Yeah, I think uh, for me, uh, a lot of people do suffer from mental health. Um, sadly, you know, in our culture our environment, you know, in our communities, it's something that is shunned upon. Mm. When when you, when people learn that you have mental health, they think you're weak. Mm. You know, you're weak or, you know, you're stupid or you, why are you letting little, little mm. things stress you, you know, just sleep over it or say a little prayer, it's going to be all right, you know, so. Okay, okay, tell me, I feel like you're talking to me. <laughs> Go on, go Honestly, on. <laughs> uh, and also we we are taught not to actually talk about certain things. Mm. You know, you, you cannot just open up. Why are you telling people your mm. problems? You know, you don't wash your dirty linen in public. You know, so that's why we've seen a very high rate in, 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 in teen, you know, suicide and alcohol abuse, drug abuse and all that. I think most of it is actually uh, uh, attributed to mental health. Yeah. You know, so um, um, before I met my husband, I think if, if I met him before my move to Australia, I would have never been together. But I, I met him in an environment that helped me understand his issues. You know, I I worked in nursing homes. I worked in hospitals. I worked for Princess Margaret Hospital, which is a kids' hospital, and you'd be shocked. Young, young kids actually suffer from mental health. Mm. You know, so I worked with kids that had mental challenges, you know, caused by various issues in life. I worked for Shenton Park Hospital, which is actually serious mental health hospital, and it was crazy. It was crazy, but I got to understand that people are actually fighting devils. And we don't see it with our physical eyes. Maybe we might see the the effects, the results of it, but it actually exists. Mm-hmm. And I think we 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 now need to develop um, the ability to to embrace it, mm. ability to manage it, mm. you know, ability to understand it, and um, just see how best you can you can help people that are actually affected with mental health. Yeah. Yeah. So um, clearly, we spoke. I said earlier that when I met Peter, we used to talk for hours. Mm. 
And believe me, you, I, people think I'm the one that talks a lot, but he did most of the talking. <laughs> you know, he would talk about himself, you know, talk about stuff and how he felt about issues. And I think for some time he thought I was maybe um, a therapist. Mm. Yeah, he thought he had met a therapist. And I wasn't because I think I, every time we spoke, I gave him hope. You know, I helped him refocus. I helped him um, just believe that, you know, it, it could be better. Yeah. yeah, it could be better. And I was there to listen. I was there to listen. Um, I only spoke when I was allowed to speak, so I don't offend him the more. Yeah, but it, it's something that I knew he had. And um, I think she was talking to him for for days, for hours, you know, for, for months, for years. Uh, it's it's made me understand who he is, made me understand where he's coming from, and why he's the the kind of man he is today. Yeah, yeah there's times when I have my days I feel like you know what, <laughs> um, it's too much. But you get reminded, well, I'm his wife. Yeah, I gotta be there for him. If I'm not there for him, who's gonna be there for him? Yeah, you know, yeah. Okay. So how do you practically deal with it? Um, I deal with it through various ways. One, I always try to put myself in his shoes. You know, if I were him, how would I want me to treat him? Yeah. You know, so I always do that. And I, I, I try to understand his situation. I try to understand his reasoning. I try to understand his way of doing things and I try to be extra patient. I try to be patient with him, um, patient with his needs, you know, patient with his demands. So, um, and I think the greatest strength for me has been my faith. I, I pray a lot. I pray a lot for my husband. I pray for our marriage. Um, I, I pray you know, for just God's hand to be, to be upon him. So he, he just feels the love, you know, if he's going to feel the love of God through me, maybe this is yeah. why he says he would, he would never find somebody else. Maybe, maybe I don't even love him the way he thinks I do love him, but it's the love of God that, you know, extends beyond me, you know. So I think that's just. Yeah. I like yeah. the part when you say he feels the love. Yeah. I mean, um, I think uh, for me personally, when it comes to mental health, I pray for God's strength for me. Yeah. I don't really deny it that I have it. And I think I pray that he gives me strength <laughs> and wisdom to deal with it. And yeah. um, one of the ways I've been able to talk about it as a man, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a challenge. Yeah. And, and it's not just a challenge to talk about it, but to express it in a way that my wife... People who yeah. care about me would understand yeah. that. Not from a perspective of, it's not like I can't think or I've yeah. got a loose screw yeah. in my head, yeah. but it's the fact that I harbor so much negativity and it came from somewhere. Yeah. And, well, I don't now because I don't want to confess that because it's gone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I struggle with, with those things and I, I go out for, <laughs> <laughs> for God to give me the wisdom, the strength 
to be able to realize that I've got someone who loves me, my family, yeah. I've got kids, I've got uh, support of friends that I could talk to. So sometimes people, especially in Christian circles, because as a believer, it's my responsibility to yeah. to really speak about that on the podcast as yeah, well yeah, with yeah. people like you. Mm-hmm. It's it's not the prayer of pray it away. Yeah. Because in this life, we want prayer away problems. We want prayer away death. Yeah, we yeah, want no, prayer away sickness. Want. We want prayer away yeah. poverty yeah. or corruption and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we will pray for the wisdom, strength. the strength, mm-hmm. um, the courage, the courage yeah. which is a great part of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. that we may deal with the challenges yes, that life will exactly. inevitably bring, yeah. part of which is our challenges, even in our mental being. Yeah. And that there is hope. I always say, even when you hear my podcast, there is hope. Yeah. My hope is clearly based on Christ, Jesus yeah. Christ, and the hope that when all else fails, he will be there. How is he going to be there? He's practically going to give me strength and the wisdom. Yeah, he's yeah. Pro- he provides yeah. me the yeah. people to support yeah. me yeah. through that time. Mm-hmm. So the challenge won't go away, no. but I have the courage to face the challenge. Mm-hmm. So it's not a magic trick. Yeah. Prayer is not a magic trick. Yeah. It's an ability to access yeah. this hope. Yeah. And you see, um, the, you, you, you actually, um, asked me how, um, this condition has affected me. The, the, the sad reality about mental health is you cannot access help on his behalf. Mm. You cannot force him mm. to access help. You know, you cannot, take medication on his behalf if he has to take medication you know but you you, you are just a support system you, you you're supposed to be there to be with him to just tell him it's gonna be okay to listen like i said earlier to just talk with him you know and when he's not looking you know i'm like god you know all i need because for me to actually tell him he's got to be strong. I need to have the strength yeah, as well. Yeah. So I, I, I pray to God for strength, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's something that it does not eat me up, but it actually affects me because I, I always tell God, how long will this go on? You know, uh, what am I doing enough? You know, like I always ask myself, am I doing enough? Am I actually adding or reducing on on the strain on his life? You know? Um, so when, 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 when I hear things, when he tells me, you know what, I, I really love you, you've, you've been supportive and all that, then I realize, oh my goodness, so my presence has really helped him overcome certain obstacles, you see? So it's just ability to be extremely patient. You you need to be patient. You need to understand. You need to love. You need to care. You know, I think that's that's the only magic that's there. What an amazing conversation. It was such an engaging conversation that we lost track of time and ended up being two hours. So I definitely split it in half. And that's the first part that you get to listen to her. And she delves deeper in the next part. So make sure you tune in the next uh, time I post an episode so you can catch up on uh, what more conversation we had with Tabo. 
Well, that definitely does it for this uh, episode of the Pretender podcast. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Uh, check out my other podcasts if you've never listened to them. And for those who are frequent listeners, please give me some feedback and let's continue to engage in this new season. This is a Pretender podcast. I'm out. Inaendeshwa na Afripods.